come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> and welcome back, freaks, to the special bonus edition of the Saturday Night Freak Show. We're doing this to atone for our sins. Yes. My, we, my bad. <laughs> we gave you a... Uh, a podcast for Chasing Amy that was a little overmodulated. So this is how we're going to fix it, by giving you a podcast from the Black Lagoon. That's right. So, uh, uh, who's here, I guess? I'm Colin. I'm Brent. And I'm Tom. And the reason why the three of us are here is because the three of us are... We we all three sat down together and watched the Black Lagoon together, the creature from the Black Lagoon. So that's why your other fellow podcast members are not here. Well, this is, I mean, the reason we watched Creature from the Back of the Goon is because, um... Well, there's a theater in Freeport, Illinois, called the Lindo Theater. They've been showing, uh, like, a monthly series of 50s, classic 50s sci-fi movies, and so we've been going there and, like, watching these movies. Uh, we saw The Thing from Another World. We saw, um... Uh, them, sorry, them. I'm blanking yeah. out there for a second. Uh, you know, and the next one is uh, the the current one was the creature from the Black Lagoon, and then the following one is going to be the uh, invasion of the Body Snatchers, and it's just really something to see these movies like on a big screen with an audience full of people. Yeah, and these actually these are my first time seeing these classic films, so for me to see them the first time at the movie theater, the way you know, growing up in the fifties, you could have seen them is just. Well, it's also interesting because they have, like, two professors there, so they have, like, a, you know, like, they come out, the professors come out, and they kind of give, like, a little, like, a facts about the movie, and right. then after the movie is done, there's about a 30-minute Q&A with the audience about this movie, which kind of makes it all the more special because you get to, like, learn a little bit more about how the movie was made and what uh, impacts um, were at the time. It kind of, like, I, like... The well, you thing, always ask good questions to it. The, the thing from another world and them—that was part of. I actually had already watched that because it was part of a uh, colonized history of sci-fi. Where we're trying to watch like every major science fiction movie since we started with Metropolis from 1922. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I mean, Colin and I on on Wednesdays we've been doing like a history of series where it's like. We watch movies in kind of chronological order to kind of witness film in its, you know, the evolution of a certain genre. And, you know, we kind of, we kind of like, Colin does a little bit of research on the movie. And then before the movie starts, he kind of gives his own little facts. <laughs> so it's like the mini right. version so of what you got at the at So the it's a mini version, so... Well, they um, said they were going to show Creature from the Black Lagoon, and ironically, I had just picked up, and I recommend that all of you fans of the old Universal Monster movies uh, do this, pick up the uh, Universal Monsters Collection Blu-ray set. They've got, you know, it's Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. the Wolfman, Dracula, uh, the Phantom of the Opera, the Mummy, all collected in one uh Blu-ray set, and for the first time ever, they've released Creature from the Black Lagoon in its original uh, 3D version. And, you know, when the movie was played in 1954, <clears throat> uh, you know, 3D back then, it wasn't, everybody seems to think that, like, three old 3D was red and, you know, you wore red and blue glasses. Right. But it, that wasn't the case. I mean, they used the Polaroid glasses in a, in a 
an, an older version of the the projection system that we use now for like you know Avatar post Avatar 3D movies. Yeah. So it was in uh, not color 3D, it was still a black and white movie, but you saw it in black and white. You didn't actually have to wear the glasses. And so this version on Blu-ray is kind of the closest that you know you've ever been to you know seeing it the way it was in the theater. And let me tell you, it was phenomenal. Like it felt almost as if. You were watching like real people acting within <coughs> this box, you know, like you have this framed box, and they would do these medium shots on the main characters, and they look like it was so clear, and there's that depth there that you really feel like they're just like in your living room, you know, <laughs> like they're standing there acting it out like a play. It was. Now that was your first time seeing the the movie at all, right? right yeah. And Tom, you'd seen the movie prior to the that before. Yeah, we had done it during our uh, history of horror, where we uh, we before we started history of horror, we watched all the the preparation for history of horror was watching all the Universal monster movies. Yeah, you got to do that. Well, I, I mean, so I'm curious because I'm you know I've seen it now a couple of times. Right. I saw it in 2D all my life and on 3D, and it was just like yay. Uh, so I'm curious to get your both of your perspectives on like what that movie, you know, what the experience was like of seeing. Uh, well, for for me personally, I thought that it was, I mean, it was a positive experience. Obviously, the 3D I think made it that much better because it's just adding so much to the, even if the story gets slow at times, and. It's a little cheesy at times, but you're still kind of marveling over the 3D aspect You remarked of to me it. that you didn't like the movie. Well, no, I didn't say I didn't like the whole thing. There was issues. I had issues with it. And one of the issues This is a first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Um, this is a first. Well, I think my biggest issue with the film is that when the creature gets on the boat, like oh wait, what the, for those who haven't oh. seen or aren't familiar with it with the synopsis is the uh, uh a fossil is found in the Amazon right and a group of uh, an expedition goes to find out you know what the fossil came from and they find an actual living creature from the black lagoon it's a couple of scientists and uh, a hot girl and the creature falls in love with the hot girl and tries to attack the boat and you know yeah right and that's that's where my problems start the creature is trying to attack the boat. Now, everybody on the boat is aware that there's a creature in the lagoon. And still, they're like, the creature set up this roadblock with, like, you know, a couple of branches blocking the way out of the lagoon so that the boat can't leave. He's a smart creature. He's a smart creature because it takes these guys forever to try and unblock this, you know, this. It's basically like a dam that he built. And while, it, like, there's like five or six people on the boat and they're all like focused so intently on getting like these branches and trees out of the way that the creature multiple times is able to climb onto the boat and just like start picking off guys you know grabbing (laughs) them and taking them away (laughs) nobody is on the lookout for the creature like they're all focused on this one task well wait you gotta help me out at some point they do put some chemical in the water to try and that's true uh, they do they do so did they think he was passed out at that point they I don't think so because there was like they burned the one guy or the one guy got burned yeah Uh, he he just got attacked so they try burning the creature they throw something at the creature and light him on fire and he jumps off into the but in the, didn't one, yeah. that other guy get hurt when he did that? Like, oh yeah, no, yeah, because the creature grabbed his head. I think oh, the, claws the claws of the creature had its super strength, its superhuman amphibian strength. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. and then after that, I think the creature attacks a couple more times, and it's like 
dude, you got to p- choose one guy to be the lookout because <laughs> you know he's coming back. You know he's going to, but he still gets on that boat and just like takes somebody away, you know, or tries to grab him and take him away. Well, it does have that kind of like. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen other movies that do this, and I'm not knocking the movie. You know, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a relic of its time, but. For a lot of the running time, or not, you know, for part of the running time, it does kind of seem like it's spinning its wheels, where it's like you're watching a variation of the same scene multiple times. And yeah. I guess to illustrate that, it's like there's a, a there's like a love triangle, kinda. There's uh the there's the anthropologist, you know, science, science. <laughs> but Mark, <laughs> right. it's science. Uh, and then there's the evil industrialist, right? Yeah. Both of them have designs on the girl. And it just seems like at least six times in that movie you are presented with a version of that where, like, you know, the industrialist says some dick thing, but Mark, we're doing this for science, and you can't go and blah, blah, blah. And then she tries to calm him down, and, like, the two guys, like, either, you know, make up or go their separate ways, you know. It's right. like it just keeps happening, like, over and over and over again. I guess, I yeah. guess the thing that really, you know, like, the Lindo presented this movie as part of their 50s sci-fi set. Right. And this movie is clearly categorized in like, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon is What's referred that? to as a horror monster. It's, it's it's always been part of the Universal Monster set. Exactly. And those right. are horror movies. And so like I mean, it's like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Is it a horror movie or is it a sci-fi movie? I mean, he does the sci-fi speech, the classic telltale 50s sci-fi explanation. And what is that? Well, <laughs> if we, when you watch 50s and 60s sci-fi movies, they always, the scientists... At some point during the movie, we'll have like a long monologue explaining that science, like explaining their reasoning, right? So like how this is possible. How this is possible <laughs> right. within science. Like usually it's like well because man's radioactive, you know, our search for atomic energy has unleashed this monster, and or you know, wildlife, plants have evolved and. And in this one, it's like, you know, underwater, you know, like, this creature has been there for thousands of years, yet, you know, we haven't discovered it because there's unknown things, you know. Right, right. So, that's their scientific... He goes into the the classic sci-fi thing, but yet, this movie is categorized in that, like, horror genre with it creature with a black lagoon... Is lumped with Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman. He's can, part of that group. Can the movie be both? Yeah. Can it fall well, I think, both? Well, I mean, just you know, my opinion. What I think is going on there. The why I keep because he's like the latest of the Universal monster movies. I mean, he was made in the fifties. Wolfman was in the forties, and then uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man. They were all in the thirties. They all came out in that first you know decade. So I think the reason that creature gets included is because I mean that's it's because it's a iconic um, monster 
makeup or you know suit design or you know monster design. I mean, yeah. even today, right. I think you were so Brent, you were saying that, right. like that suit still kind of holds up. You know, even now, I mean, it's a miracle of like rubber design yeah. or whatever. You know. Yeah, that suit that that definitely that that held up, and it's funny even when you look at the like the the sequels to the Creature from the Black Lagoon, the suit like gets progressively worse and worse. You know, it yeah. has more of that decade stank on it that we like to talk about. <laughs> but, but the first one is yeah, like even by today's standards, I think it's right up there. Yeah, I mean, I think you know too. I mean, I would. It's a horror movie by the you know it's like well I guess it's a, you know science fiction also does this where they're cautionary tales of like you know it's in the fifties where at the time of you know uh, discovering things about science that have the potential to destroy us I mean that was what the whole fear of you know the discovery of the atomic bomb was I think or splitting the atom uh, this is kind of you know it's it's an allegory for you know that same kind of thing I think it's like you know man goes on this journey and is tampering with nature going somewhere that you know no man has ever been before and what kind of horrors are you going to find there you know yeah, so right. it's like you have to be prepared if you're going to go there you got to be and I think even the scientist is making that uh, that argument like during the movie but Mark we should go back and <laughs> and yeah. come back with a fully you know a full research team. We're not prepared for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mark, you know... Mark being the evil industrialist. Yeah, but see, Mark Mark looks at it as more like, uh, you know, Mark takes it like... Kind of reminds me of, like, Jurassic Park in a sense, you know? Where, like cause the Lost like, World where they're hunting him? Well, you know, like in the first Jurassic Park, there was that one dude who was like... It might have been in Lost World. It was one of them where you had, like, the industrialist... Who's like just along, and then he he sees an opportunity where he can like hunt yeah. the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. like obsessed with like hunting the dinosaurs. Yeah, and Mark became like obsessed with like, ah, here's a challenge. I'm gonna hunt and kill this creature. Like he right. he now presents himself as like. Well, that's this like is an age-old archetype too, because you know, I mean, I'm thinking back like you know in fantasy films that goes back to King Kong, right? It's like we're here. We've discovered this thing. We got to bag it and bring it back, to, you know, to the yeah. civilized world. And I think like that was just the, you know, you know, I think that was just the part of the American spirit at that time. It's like we're gonna go to these, you know, uh, places in the world, find this stuff, capture it, and bring it back and put it on display, so you know we can bring culture to our folks back at home. You know, which yeah. is actually like now that <laughs> doesn't sound like such a great <laughs> idea, but right. you know, back then I think it was, I think. You know, in some ways, all of that was in some kind of like, you know, uh, we're going to make ourselves, you know, the culture better by bringing, you know, other people's culture back to us. Yeah. So we get to learn from it or whatever. But, you know, yeah. It's, it is. It is. It's a lot of that. And it's also, I mean, it's, I got a lot of like big game hunter out of it. He just, he wants to bag that big prize. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the giant buck. But it's exotic, you know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> something that, like, They'll put it on display, like, on a block of ice, maybe stuff it somewhere <laughs> and put it in a museum. Like, he yep. definitely got the the feeling that Mark did want to, you know, kill this thing. But the ironic thing being, I mean, it's a very intelligent creature. I mean, it, it's humanoid in appearance. I mean, it looks like kind of, you know, I've always been a fan of H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, like, I'm thinking that, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon wouldn't be out of uh, place in, like, Innsmouth or something. as like one of the, the deep ones or whatever from Lovecraft stuff. But you know he's like a fish man, 
But like an eldritch thing. Yeah, but clearly yeah. it's like it thinks and it, it it you know there's this awesome scene which I think Jaws ripped off like it, the movie Jaws. Yeah, where John. you're underneath uh, Julia Adams is the actor actress's name and she's swimming uh, on the surface of the lagoon and the camera's beneath her looking up you know from the creature's point of view and I'm like that shot is replicated in Jaws and the creature is kind of like gazing after her and then he actually starts swimming along like underneath her like in peril she doesn't know he's there but she he's swimming underneath her and I mean like that's just one of those things where it's like Okay, so the fish guy's got a crush, obviously. I mean, that's what it is. He's got a crush on this human, you know, yep. uh, female. Absolutely. And I think, like, probably all the 14-year-old boys who were in the audience, you know, felt the identified <laughs> with the creature, you know? Well, because yeah. she had, like, uh, you know, watching some of the making ofs, and Arian, your wife, pointed this out, that, like, you know, that she she wore, the woman wore a bathing suit that was, like, Almost like revolutionary at the time because it was a lot more revealing than yeah. bathing suits at that time. Well, plus in black and white, too. I mean, the shape of it, you know, I mean, she had like these conical breasts that kind of, they look, you know, when you see this from underneath and she's doing a, a you know, a backstroke or whatever, yeah. I mean, it looks like she's nude. So, you know, yeah. I imagine that was probably a, uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to say, I imagine it was probably a big thing back you know, in the 50s, but still is now, right? I mean, that never changes. Right, yeah, which <laughs> is the exact reason why Jaws, you know, ripped it off or paid homage to it, or however you want to look at it. Uh, the In Jaws, when they do that scene and it's the overhead silhouette, is the girl naked? I can't remember. Yeah, in Jaws she, she was, yeah. She's naked, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they just took it to the next level, but it's... Right, because you were a little more permissive in the 1970s. Yeah, so. yeah, Definitely. I'm going to assume she didn't know there was... I can't remember the part in the movie, but they were unaware that there was a creature at the point when she went swimming, or was she just, like, daft? No, I, I want to say, yeah, it, it, it seems like, you know, from an audience point of view, you're watching this going, don't go in the water, lady, don't yeah. go in there, you know, because you know the creature's in there, but I don't think she knew. I want to say this is one of the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think she knew, because the, the audience knew that there was a creature... Because uh, they start off, they're underwater, and, yeah. and uh, the creatures, you know. Yeah, and by that them. point, the creature had already killed a couple of people. No, no. What so. about the no. campers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were... Yeah, they thought like a bear or something. Because they, they show that scene like twice where the hand comes out. Yeah. And like on the bank of the river, just kind of, or the lagoon Reaching just kind of grabs. Ankle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this great musical stinger, and it's like the same shot. Yeah, movie. Uh, I I want to say this is one of the first movies that actually used like 3D underwater, you know? Right. You know, because I'm thinking there's been other underwater movies with sequences shot underwater, but I don't remember if there was anything shot in 3D. I mean, underwater and 3D go together like you know peanut butter and jelly. I mean, (laughs) yeah, because you've got all this like foreground muck or there's stuff floating around in the water and then you know you have to shoot through like you know there's schools of fish or some kind of underwater you know flora, there's seaweed you know. there's all sorts of different things yeah, yeah I mean, I, mean I, think, I think 3D works like best like yeah, like like underwater uh, in the sky or in space well what I mean compared to you know I mean like you guys have seen some of the modern 3D films right right so what, like, how would you compare or contrast the 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 technique used in Creature from the Black Lagoon with what we do today, as far as effectiveness? It just it, it feels like they're 
they're affecting the depth more in the creature from the Black Lagoon than they do today. Maybe it's partly because of like what Travis talks about how the cameras with the shallow focus, you know, a lot of the style today is to shoot a scene with a, like a really, really out of focus background. Well, this film it felt like there was more, more background. There was you could see everything, and it was and further away was, from like yeah. the, the screen. Like there, yeah, like there was like three planes that you're dealing yeah. with. You're dealing with like the main characters, and then like the boat. Yeah, and then past the boat, you're dealing with you know. A matte painting. A matte painting. (laughs) Well, sometimes, yeah, that was, like, yeah, when they do those process shots of those, like, rear projection things, it's like, 3D totally ruins them. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's two people standing in front of a big wall with a scene, you know, uh, projected on it. Yeah, there's a scene where they're in, like, just a little motorboat and just cruising along, but you could totally tell that it was, like, a rear projected screen of just, you know, somebody went out with a camera and shot water. And then they put a real boat and actors in front of it on yeah. the screen. And <laughs> in the 3D, it felt like you're looking at a set. Yeah. It didn't feel real. Even some of the boat shots, because the, you know, the ba- the background of the jungle yeah. was obviously uh, just, like, painted or... Yeah. Like, yeah, on one side, it felt like that. But then the other side, like... Well, there were there were some shots where, um, you know, like... Because you could tell, like... Um, you could tell some shots were done on the lot because it'd be like the boat and the actors, and then like the background was like a, a essentially a painting of the jungle. Yeah. And then there were other times where they it was real because like and the only time you could tell it was real was because the wind was moving the trees in the uh, background. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that's how you could tell that they were actually shooting on a real set because the the trees were moving and then. You know, when you go to a sh- another shot, then the trees are not moving that and they're creepily just still. Yeah. So. Yeah. What do you think of the 3D uh, in in the movie? Or the use of 3D. I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really good. I mean, they they actually had like there's this shot in early on in the movie where they show this like you know it's like a fossilized claw and this claw is like reaching out like way oh, into the yeah. audience, you know. That was the best. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that you don't even get like in movies today, right? I mean, that's today. what you go that's why I go to 3D movies to get that experience and I <laughs> and, never get it anymore. And like yeah. when you're underwater, um, you know, like when you're in water, the little like algae and stuff that's floating around in the water, that's that's out in the audience and you know, they they did a lot of shots of like um, they're underwater and they're shooting a harpoon at the creature, but it's like a straight on, so the harpoon's like coming out at the audience. Right. Um, like nowadays when they're doing 3D movies because 3D's coming back, it's just like they just they don't really do that. Well, kinda. part of the reason for that, I mean, I know technically why they're doing it. It's because uh, whenever you have something shot with that deep of uh like a depth register the <clears throat> there's a separation that happens between the right and the left eye images that i think produces some kind of eye strain when your eyes are trying to you know like the muscles of your eyes are actually trying to bend you know to try and get your eyes to focus on something that's coming way out or going way back right right and so to alleviate that eye strain we make everything now 
just the shallower, you know, shallower planes of depth. So there'll still be different okay. planes, but they feel like they're all, you know, really tight together. It's like I can tell it's 3D, you know, because this thing's closer than that is, but nothing jumps, you know, out oh, and, so like, modern, lands, like, three inches from your face, you know? Yeah. So modern right. 3D is not throwing stuff out at you because they... Yeah, they're afraid of hurting you. They're afraid of. <laughs> it's a safety wow. issue. Yeah, yeah. That makes. I mean, they're going to damage the sense. audience's eyes. That's why, like in a lot of video games, they don't really throw stuff out at you because if you're playing that stuff for like eight hours, yeah, it's like, dude, yeah. You know. But it's at the same time, it's like that seems to be like that is the wow factor that 3D promises, right? Yeah. And if you don't deliver that, then it, then that's why people get turned off of the format. Then it's like, why am I paying this premium to see a movie in 3D if you're not actually going to take advantage of that fact. Well, I think there should be some survey out there and see how many people do you want it the way it was, the cool way where things are flying out at you, or do you want it the way it is well, now? I because think there needs yeah, to be a balance. I think nobody's seen the old ones. Right. That's oh. why you, audience, should go and check out yeah, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I do happen to know that somewhere when they cleaned this up for HD... They did make a DCP version of it. That's a digital cinema package, and that means that it can play on modern-day, like, real-D digital projectors because they played it at a theater in Chicago last year, I think about when the, the time the thing came out. So I know that's been touring the company or the country. Maybe you can request from your well, local we do theater have to, to get them out. to play it in your neck of the woods. What we do have to point out is when we watched Creature from the Black Lagoon, I had to work on Wednesday so we were not able to go to the Lindo to watch Creature from the Black Lagoon but they were only to be seen yes and it was fantastic not to not to knock on the Lindo we probably would have gone to the Lindo if we could but Lindo if you're listening we love you yep so is there a final wrap up on Creature from the Black Lagoon we go with uh, what is it Brent you start us off okay yeah yeah there is there is because like what Tom pointed out earlier is this may be one of my first movies that we've watched, you know, kind of as a freak show. Three of us are watching it. And I think it's the first one where, I, yeah, I can't give it a strong recommendation. <laughs> That's as close as I can get to saying it's bad. It's, it's not that it's a bad film. It's, it's fun, and it's everything that you would want watching a 50s film. I, I guess story-wise, kind of like what Colin said, it does spin its wheels a lot once they get to the lagoon there's a lot of stuff in it that feels sloppy it feels sometimes as good as the underwater stuff is with the creatures swimming around sometimes when he's on land he feels like a guy in a suit as cool as that suit is it still is kind of really i mean he's got like this underwater slash above ground cave that he's going in and out of, and it's very convenient. And to be fair, though, that's the first time that they really ever did that. <laughs> that's, that's true. See, that's that's something that they always say at the Lindo. You have to you have to watch this movie as if you know, put yourself in the shoes of somebody going to it for the first time in the fifties. And then, yes, I guess I would say I have to <laughs> <laughs> I have to change my no I. I by today's standards, there's just some, you know, kind of goofy stuff about the film. But if I look at it from a uh, '50s point of view, I would say it's it's better than most. So watch it. Uh, I mean, I I like Creature from the Black Lagoon. I don't always have. I think it's um, we watched it before. We watched it in 3D. I think 
I think I think you need to see Creature from the Black Lagoon. I think, I mean, I think you need to see all of the Universal monster movies. You need. I mean, that's just if you are if you consider yourself a any kind of film connoisseur, if you like movies at all, you have to watch Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I mean, those are the staples. I've only seen one of those. Good um, God, man. I mean, those are the state, the Universal monsters. Those are the staples, and he's one of the staples. So I think I think you have to see this, whether you see it in 2D or 3D. It doesn't really matter. I think it's just something that you just need to see. You you will marvel at the 3D though if you can get your hands on. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can see in 3D, definitely that is the way to see it. But regardless, I believe you need to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, you know, I mean, again, I'm a, a big fan of those movies. I mean, I, I, I agree totally with what Tom said. I mean, I think just, you know, regardless of if you're a horror fan, I think just a fan of cinema, you have to go back and see these, you know, these uh, icons because this is like the first time that any of this stuff was done, and you know, we're still living with like the repercussions of what they did, you know, in these movies now. So it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, as a student of film, I say you have to see it. Uh, I've seen it so many years in uh, in 2D, and I think it's kind of like uh, if you listen to one of our last podcasts, Travis was you know saying something similar about his experience with Friday the 13th Part 3. It's like I've seen this movie for so many years in 2D, and then you see it in 3D, and you're like, oh my god, it's like a whole different movie. You suddenly realize like what the the cinematographers were doing. You know, it's like they there are some things that are set up specifically to pay off in a three-dimensional space that in 2D you just kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, shot composition. It's, it's like pleasing, our experience but Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, when you see it, you're like, oh my... Well, Top Gun, though, to be fair, was converted after the fact, so that wasn't the original intent, you know? I'm still saying that was good, but, and you know, you should probably see it that way now, but uh, with Creature, I mean, this was the way it was intended to be seen, and I think, uh, yeah, even if you've seen it a hundred times before... I think, uh, you know, yeah, if you've got yourself uh, an interest in that and have access to a 3D TV, get that uh, Universal Monsters uh, collection. You know, I mean, Universal isn't going to keep doing this forever. You know, I mean, they yeah. put these things out. If they don't sell, then they're going to think that we don't care about them anymore. And, like, you know, we got to keep the uh, keep the monsters alive, I think. So get out there and buy a copy. When did that set come out on Blu-ray? It came out, I think, in October. October of 2012. Oh, okay. And ironically, and I don't know if it's still available this way, but if you bought it from, uh, like, say, Amazon UK, it was half the price oh, of man. what it went for here. I don't know if that's still in effect, but, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to point out that this is a bonus podcast episode, so we're going to cut it kind of short today. Um, you guys will be able to listen to this, you know, same as any other podcast. But uh, next week, we're going to have something real special for you. Maybe, Colin, you want to tease that real quick? Uh, yeah, next week, I think we're going after uh, organ transplants and musicals in with Repo, the genetic opera. Should be exciting stuff, huh? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Tom? No. This is we can be awesome then. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. We're doing an inordinate amount of musicals on this on this show. Yeah, yeah, we are. Is this our 
This is our second, second? one. Second? Yeah, okay. but we've only done like 15 episodes, so <laughs> no, two, two episodes, yeah, two musicals. musicals. And, yeah. To be fair, it's an opera. It's not a musical. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> but more on that next week. Yeah, and our audio issues are all taken care of. So As always, I guess you can get a hold of us, uh, dear listener, at uh, you can find us online at Saturday Night Freak Show at uh, .blogspot.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Sat Freak Show is our handle, so you can talk to us right there. We'll read your tweets on the air. Uh, you can also email us at Saturday Night Freak Show at Yahoo. Dot com, And you can find us on Facebook, our new home, where we're at uh, facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show, where we'll post trailers, images, all sorts of extra fun stuff related to the movies that we cover on the show. And that's it for us this week. Mm-hmm.